Most Americans are obviously against racism. No one wants to be titled a racist. But as we continue to grow on this topic, we find that sometimes it's easier to be complicit in racism than maybe we first thought. Pastor Uni Cunningham joins us in the studio for a conversation on that and more. Welcome everyone. The tension is high. Bombs will explode in keep talking and no one explodes. Nobody explodes. This is a game. Very intriguing. Olivia will be the only one to see the bomb. We will have a bomb defusal manual. She needs to describe the bomb to us and then using various pages throughout this we need to try to deduce what she needs to do to solve the bomb. So Let's give it a shot. Olivia, take us into the first bomb. Let's see if we can do this. All right. All righty. We've got wires to start us out. All right. There are three total wires. Two of them are black. One of them is blue. Say the colors again. Black, blue, black. All right. If there are no red wires, cut the second wire. All right. We're good. Woo. That was Symbols. Quick. Symbols. We've got a... TB looking symbol. A tuberculosis. A um, candle holder looking symbol. A face with a tongue sticking out and a C with a dot in it. C dot tongue candle holder. Got it. What else? A TB looking okay. symbol. Okay. All right. Candle holder. Tongue. TB. C. I agree with that. All right, looks good. <laughs> so if you ever play this at home, like you got to read all the directions, try to figure it out really quick. But when we're doing the symbols, first off, we have to figure out which of these columns has all the symbols she said. Then we have to read it back to her in the order that that column says the symbols would go in if they were present. I've got a big blue button that says detonate. If the is there um, is there one battery on the bomb? See if you can find a battery. Yes, there's one battery on the bottom. And the button says detonate. Yes. Press and immediately release the button. Okay, we're good. Hey, we solved the bomb. Solved. That one was pretty easy. It's and the first bomb. How much time do we have left? Two fifty-two. Ooh, all right. Okay. I'm trying not to get paper noises in the mic. Is that annoying? <laughs> no. Let's All do right, it. we are starting the bomb. Okay, let's start with Simon Says. Oh, I got it. What's up? Uh, blue. Blue flashed? Yes. So if blue flashed, press red? Well, wait, does the serial number contain a vowel or does it not contain a vowel? Okay, blue flashed twice. Now I have to look for a so serial would, number? Yeah. Uh, well, um, no, if it moved forward, then we got it right. We were lucky. So now you do red, okay. red if it's blue, blue. Blue, blue, yellow. Uh, green. Blue, blue, green. Red, red, green? Uh, yeah, red, red, green. Okay, so it was blue, blue, yellow, red. So, so red, 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 green... What was the last one? Red. Blue. Okay. Red, red, green, blue. 
Oh, we're green. Cool. Hey. hey. All right, we've got symbols. We have a squiggly, looks kind of like an H with a curly Q coming off the bottom. Yep, got it. Cool. All right, the next one is either a very cursive O or maybe a Q. Got it. Or just a swirl with a really yeah. long... Okay. Uh, backwards E with two dots above it. Yep. And um, the head and neck of a stick man. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so E, head... Q, H. Cool. So we've got more symbols. This time we have a C with a dot in it, a smiley face with its tongue sticking out, a backwards three with antennas and a tail, and that TB symbol again. Okay. So you want to do smiley face, TB, C, and then backwards three. All right. Solved with 222 left. Oh, wow, we did it already. Okay. Um, are we doing another bomb? Sure, why not? All right, let's... Do we want to go for a harder one? or Go all the way. All right. We're going to skip ahead like... a few bombs then. Skipping bombs. That what could sound... go wrong? That We've got like good three idea. minutes, three modules, three strikes. Three minutes, okay. So we're doing one with modules that we haven't seen yet that they expect us to know. We will probably be in trouble. It's Seems fine. fine. Yeah. Here we go. Let's do this. Woo. All right, Simon says. Okay, go ahead. Yellow. Do you have any bad oh. or whatever they were? Security number. Ah, shoot. Hang on. Um, MU9E. This is so hard to That is around. a vowel. Sorry. Okay, go back. Okay, yellow. So, green. Yellow, blue, green, yellow, green. Yellow, blue, green, yellow, green. So green, red, yellow, green, yellow. Green, red, yellow, green, yellow. All right, we're good. Yay! We've got wires. There's three wires. One of the the first one is yellow, and the two under it are black. Are there any red wires? Nope. If there are no wait, how many wires? Three. 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 Cut the second. Now, we've got a panel with two green dots and a red triangle. The diffuser must navigate the white light to the red triangle using the arrow buttons. Okay. Where, where are the... Where are the circles? Um, one circle is in the middle, top row, and the other is about middle, middle. Okay. So the first one is first row. Oh, we just blew up. And that is keep talking, and nobody explodes. Even but though we exploded, we kept talking, and, and we all exploded. died twice. Yeah, we might have edited some of it out because you didn't need to see us keep dying. But good times. So today we're talking about race. Now, race is very important in D and D. When you start building your character, it gives you sometimes feats, sometimes ability score improvements. Um, it's just a big part of who you are. You're on the wrong, <laughs> the wrong track here. But if you are going to be a race in D&D, Air Genasi can be very helpful to the campaign. Sorry. I like elves. Elves are, elves are some of my favorite. Four hour rest time for spells. That's where it's at. 
there is a very niche audience watching right now. Like, this is the greatest conversation ever. And then the majority are like, who? <laughs> what? First off, they're Satanists. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, so me and Maisha used to, once upon a time, pasture a church called 12 Way Greenwood, which planted the Jackson Cloud. And then she left and changed her name. And we're going to... Correction. Okay, this is the insert. We're going to insert this now. So when I was born, all of my hair was sticking straight forward like a unicorn's horn. So my mom nicknamed me Uni. But I never told anyone and no one knew besides family. And then I finally told people like four years ago. And now that's all they call me is Uni. And when I read it online, I always read uni. So when I see you, I'm like, is it uni? Uni, uni? unicorn. Myesha. One time she told me her name was Sarah. So I'm super confused. <laughs> Sister Sarah. As to who this person once upon a time that I hired is. Because I don't think she even knows. Uh, but uh, today we are going to talk about uh, race, racism, things like that, which uh, we... Um, recently at 1208 Greenwood, we've been doing a whole uh, series through Jamar Tisby's book, The Color of Compromise, which is a very convicting book, uh, especially if you are white, uh, as you're going through it. And I knew when I finished that book, is like we need to. I knew there was an Amazon documentary, so if you haven't seen it, you can watch it on Amazon if you have Amazon Prime. It's like I just need to show my whole church this so that we can learn more about this. And then we partnered with. Ravenbrook Recovery Church, where Maisha Uni Uni Sarah pastors, and uh, um, at the end of every two episodes, uh, Maisha would take us deeper into conversation, uh, which has been very eye-opening and helpful, I think, for a lot of us. So I was like, hey, let's get her in on the cloud, talk to the cloudies about race, and dive deeper in that conversation. Especially, maybe you've noticed this. Many of our intro episodes on the Jackson Cloud are intentionally trying to start off with harder topics to say we want to commit ourselves to talking about these things rather than sweeping it under the rug. So, um, the real stuff. The real, yeah. And where do I start on the topic of race? I don't know. I don't know if you've got a story that you'd like to kind of kick us off with or, um, you want me to ask some pointed questions let's start with questions okay let's start with questions racism is bad (laughs) that is a statement that is a that is a a declaration well that is a statement (laughs) (laughs) that is an exclamation point here's a question where's a a good place to start oh okay that depends if you want to run your entire audience away from the beginning or if we should just warm up to that question. I say, let's just jump right in. What does white privilege mean? That is a common hot topic um, phrase that a lot of people don't actually understand correctly. So they hear the word white privilege, and if you're white, you think, well, I may, I may have had some struggles in my life. I may have even you know, had poverty growing up. Uh, things have not always been easy to me. Things haven't been given to me. And that are, those are all true statements. However, the thing is that your race didn't contribute to those struggles. And so white privilege is basically saying and taking a look at it from a white perspective, I may have had these different struggles, but my race didn't play a part in it. 
Whereas with someone who is black, their race has definitely at some point played a part in some part of their life. And so that's that's what right, white privilege is. I think some of the things that help me realize that too is when I hear stories from uh, you know black people, I'm like, well, I would never think of doing that. So like, I've heard stories of like, hey, if you're gonna be pulled over by a police officer, take your wallet out, set it on the dashboard before he gets up there. You don't want him thinking you have a gun. And at least, like, as a white person, I'm like, what? Like, you know, like, that's not even... But you then think you... it's dramatized, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you find out, like, you know, I think you said your husband even, like, he has a talk. His parents have the talk with him. And I'm thinking, like, birds and bees, but it's actually more like, hey, if you're going to be pulled over, here's, like, the whole list yes. of things. I'm like, a talk? Like, no, like, if we get pulled over, my parents are going to have a talking with me. You know, it's like, uh, that's, that, that's a completely different understanding worldview concept and that makes me realize oh well okay so i do have privilege to some extent because i would never think of that um and that starts to kind of get the ball rolling for some people and for others uh kind of take some time to keep working on that uh i'm just curious you know like where's a good place for us as white people to start and to try to kind of work through some of this and to start maybe even lowering our defenses so that we can hear the stories, accept them better, and understand a completely different social side of things that we ourselves maybe have been blind to for a long time. Well, usually people would say, go with the obvious, check with your friends. But I would actually say to go a different route first. Maybe visit those conversations with your friends later, but start off with um, introducing yourself to activists in your area and just start having conversations with them because you're not going to have a biased upfront understanding of them, right? They're not your friend. You don't know their backstory. So it's going to be very real, very authentic. And it's also going to put you in a situation to, oh, maybe I can hear them a lot clearer. Versus if you first have this conversation with your friend, it may seem even watered down to some degree because we don't want to hurt our friend's feelings. And to be honest, in, in certain situations, especially if you're the one that says, well, I have, I have a black friend. Well, nine times out of 10, that black friend may have actually had to assimilate into your culture. And, and by doing so, it makes those conversations a lot harder to, to actually have with people because they're coming from a place of, we're sharing the same culture, This we go to the same church, we go to the same outings, so we're the same person, so really it sets you up to say racism doesn't exist. Yep. Whereas with introducing yourself to someone that you don't know, that's a great way to, to hear that perspective with, I guess, fresh eyes. Mm. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if most white people, especially right now, have eventually used that line of my black friend. Right, <laughs> you know, the, right. Whether it's the one we have or us lumping everyone who might be black under one black person's. My husband is the black friend. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he's totally the black friend. And, I mean, I'm the black friend. So, yeah. Hmm. No. Any questions on you guys before I keep prodding? I said the first question. <laughs> See, we shouldn't have began with white privilege. <laughs> well, no, I think that's a, it's an important place to start because it's probably the hardest part. You know, like if you haven't experienced those things, you're kind of blinded at first. And I think 
So while we've been going through Tisby's book at church, there's another book, our entire conference, the Southern Michigan Conference of the Free Methodist Church. All of our pastors have been required to go through uh, White Awake by Daniel Hill. Uh, And in that book, here was something that I hadn't heard before that for me was kind of like, oh, you know, I never thought of it that way. Uh, He was at a meeting where some some presenter was like, recognize that white people to some extent have their own kind of trauma and this was not like he was saying this is nothing like black trauma the trauma that they have is when they hear about the history of everything that they've done as their own culture it's hard to carry that weight and you want to get rid of it dissociation and so you start to rewrite history to some extent you kind of raise up certain white people as like saviors to step in and all this stuff. Um, you know, like rather than what happened with us taking uh, land away from Native Americans, we retell it as kind of like a glorious God-given purpose. Uh, and in some ways we, we do these things because we can't handle the truth of what we've done. And so we don't want to own up to it. Uh, and so there's also this kind of like white trauma to some extent where it's like when you have a traumatic experience, even if you were the offender in it, you have to kind of recognize what you've done, own up to it, ask for forgiveness, things like this. And I'm curious what you do with all that. Listening, <laughs> listening to kind of your, your premise or your, your summary even of, of that, I can, I can see how that's actually played out. I'll use an example uh, with my little sister. So you guys know my little sister, but... The viewers don't. We have an 18-year age difference. And so when she was 12 years old, she'll be 18 this year. When she was 12, I remember um, she came home and she's like, hey, this girl at school said something to me and it hurt my feelings. And I said, well, what'd she say? And she said, well, she told me that I just need to, my people needed to just stay slaves. She goes to a predominantly white school. And she's like, I don't understand. Were we slaves? Hmm. So there's two problems with that statement. A, the, the, the aspect of superiority, which this child was projecting onto her based off of race. And then the second thing was the fact that we realized slavery had been erased from the history books and wasn't taught in schools any longer. Hmm. Whereas it, I grew up hearing about it. Chattel slavery in America. I grew up hearing about that. At 12 years old, she had never once heard that African Americans were slaves. And that was troubling to me. So I do think that there has been a whitewash of of American culture. And and that has put us to a place because it's more comfortable, right? Mm. So much more comfortable. And yes, I agree, especially with with the migration, as they call it, of, of Native Americans. No, they weren't migrated. They were literally kicked off their land. Like, that's not a migration by choice, you know? The Trail of Tears, that's not even mentioned in school anymore. And so these different aspects, and I use the phrase whitewashed, not to offend, but but to describe this, this aspect of creating something in your likeness so that it's easier for you to understand and explain which we see has been done with Jesus as well. Hot topic. (laughs) Jesus wasn't white. (laughs) Newsflash. 
<laughs> it's actually kind of hard to find a white person in Middle East. <laughs> no, let's see what do we've got up there, right? <laughs> but what is what is what do, what do what do conquering nations tend to do? They take cultures, they assimilate cultures into their own. They they create things in their likeness because that is their cultural understanding, what is comfortable for them. And so that's just kind of like, you know, a couple of things to, to think about is that even even within the black culture, we have a tendency to, to do that. Even within Asian American culture, we have a tendency to take something and then we do make it our own, but then we make it into our own image, which God calls adultery, idolatry, which is another story. Yeah, which we I think I don't know if you've ever watched a movie where like that person doesn't belong. <laughs> like. <laughs> I think it was Exodus. Did we we well, tried no. to watch Exodus and Christian Bale. I'm like, I couldn't. Why is everyone else in this like, you know, fairly European? <laughs> well, he especially though is like, well, why, was, why is Moses just super white? And, well, that and wasn't there, uh, um, Hermione, uh, the actress that plays, yeah, Emma, Potter, Emma, Emma Watson. Watson. Yeah, like. It didn't make any sense that they were there, but was also she, in that? she was. Okay, but then also in the Great Wall movie. Oh, uh, yeah. wasn't that <laughs> where like Matt, like Damon. Matt Damon randomly is the white guy here to save the Asian people? It's like what's happening? Right and we now? call that a white savior complex. <laughs> yeah, which is you know. I mean, granted, some of the action in that movie was fun, but it was too hard to look past that. Yeah, that casting. It's like the cultural absurdity, right? Well, I think that's some of the trauma that I was thinking of is like, we make a movie, it's about how racism's wrong, but there's always got to be that one white guy who's like, I knew it before everyone else, you know, it's like, and it's like, eh, that's where we're trying to get rid of our trauma. Like, we don't want to see the main character who's white be a racist. We, we want him to be like the one who saves us all in that time <laughs> period. And that that's hard, I think, sometimes to deal with it. So... Here's a question I was thinking based on what you're saying. Um, And I I heard uh, a pastor friend of ours give uh, an idea that for me really helped me make sense of this was a good way to organize these thoughts. But, you know, with like uh, statues coming down, things like that. So on one hand, we have this like uh, you saying, like, let's not forget we were slaves. Let's it's troubling that my sister didn't know that. Uh, but then on the other hand, we have this let's remove statues where some people would say like these are historical things to remember. Um, where are these lines trying to sort out like forgetting history, remembering history? Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I've got one word, museums. Mm-hmm. You know, museums, I mean, what are, what, are, what are the point of museums? They are to preserve history. And, and while um, racism and, and chattel slavery in America is certainly not the only aspect of America that exists, but and it's not the only aspect of history when we look at American history. However, it is a very important part of American history, and it does deserve a place where people can go and can learn about this. But even just the erection um, of, of the beginning of, of those statues, they were... The timing of it, it was during the civil rights movement. It wasn't even created, you know, after the Confederacy. It was created many years later as if to say, know your place, black people. So we're going to put this here as a physical reminder. And, and that, you talk about trauma, that has even lasted within, within the, the black culture, generational trauma as we speak. 
And so I think those are great points and great, great, great places to start those conversations. Yeah. Were you going to say something? And like, so I'm, I'm with you on a lot of the statues coming down, but some of the ones that, you know, are starting to get targeted that were, um, that don't even have as much of a connection to that, that were like put up way before that. So like the Washington Monument or like the Lincoln Memorial and things like that. Like I would... I feel like those should stay because those weren't a response to the civil rights movement. They were just, they were put up before that, and they've been there for a long time. I yeah, I, I can see that. I honestly, I've only heard of maybe one or two art um, articles that I've read where someone even has mentioned, "Hey, let's make a movement to try to actually bring down the Lincoln Memorial." Like it's, I don't, I don't think there's a big movement for that though. There's, you know, that's, there's not a big push for that. That's just maybe a couple of people here. Then I say a couple, maybe a hundred, <laughs> you know, a couple, right. right? But nothing like where we see the movement of, of like removing the Confederate statues by any mm. means. Yeah. Whereas it's, it's a conversation starter, I think too, in itself, like even, even for the most part, like let's talk about that. Mm. Cause even our heroes, right? Our heroes, it's like, oh, Abe Lincoln, right? Free slaves, yay, hero. But he also said that black people were still inferior. So, like, what does that mean? Let's talk about that. And so I think that that, that that's a conversation starter. But I get, I get what you're saying with that. Like I, those that have been there before that time that have, you know, almost have become like tourist attractions for learning history. But they're like museums, but they're open-air museums. For me, yeah. I, I feel like those should stay. But some of the other ones that were put up rush, like very quickly and are very much confederate based i think those ones can come down and and i will add in there uh christopher columbus i think his statues need to come down i'll just say he was a rapist um you know he was a rapist and a pillager sure you can say yay he you know came to america he conquered the people but really he raped and like tortured people and stole their land i don't think that should be praised or glorified by any means I think over time. And that's not Confederate based. Well, that's all part of that, maybe that white trauma again. It's mm-hmm. like we worked it up one way to remember it in a way that doesn't make us think about it. But then there's this, well, we need to stand back and look at the facts. Uh, so what one of our pastor friends was telling us in, uh, well, he made a post a while back. And here's what he was kind of saying about statues. I thought it was, I thought it was smart. I'm curious if it makes sense to you or not. First off. Uh, he talked about how, like, in the Holocaust, um, there are museums or some of that stuff is left because the people who were oppressed wanted it to stay as a reminder of what had happened uh, so that it wasn't swept under the rug. Or, you know, some people say the Holocaust never happened, things like that. They're like, right. no, it happened. Here it is. So... His first point was like, first off, what does the minority who was oppressed, what do they feel about it? Because that obviously is what it's about. Um, And then start there. But then the second thing that he was thinking is like, what does, and this is kind of what Casey was saying, what does the statue represent? And this is part where I was trying to sort this out biblically, because I think like, you know, we've got famous statue of David, things like that. David did not do some of the greatest things, <laughs> but he also was... What? He didn't? But he's also remembered as a man after God's own heart. 
much of the Bible wants us to remember him. Mm-hmm. It also wants us to remember his failures. Like by no means does it like sweep that under the rug, white savior type thing. Exactly. First off, because he's not white. But secondly, <laughs> you know, like uh, the Bible, the Bible. And this is one of the things that's interesting about the Bible compared to other ancient texts. If like another ancient text, like they lose a war. That's not what they write down in their text. They write down, and we conquered victoriously, you know, whereas the Bible like owns up. It's like, yeah, we screwed up again. Like that's part of the main narrative of the Bible. So David, to some extent, like, you know, I wonder like, would people start petitioning and take it down? Abraham. Abraham had slaves. Abraham um, basically turned Hagar into a sex slave. And then when he was done with her, kind of disposed of her. Yeah, he's the father of of where eventually Christianity will come out of. Now, again, the difference is the Bible wants us to know he messed up. It calls out his failures time and time again. It does that with all of our heroes, and that's part of the beauty of it. Um, but at the same time, would we toss those things over because there is wrong? Well, what does the statue represent? If it's Abraham abusing Hagar, like... Or that's the main thing that's supposed to come out of it. Then you would think like, yeah, this this isn't something to celebrate, you know. Like, if there was a statue of something completely endorsing slavery or connecting like a figure to slavery, then no, this isn't something to celebrate. Why is this here? Uh, but is it a statue of Abraham in some other light reminding us, or David in some other light reminding us of something better? <laughs> Then what? So I'm curious. Does first off, I'm rambling. Does that no, make sense? No, you're not sense? rambling. Then, I'm following your train of thought. Yeah. I like this train of thought, so we're gonna run with that rabbit trail. Uh, so I think I, for me, I, I think you hit it right on the nose at the beginning part of it, where you introduced what what is the culture that's related to to this say, right? So like, what what were what were what were the Jews going to say about? The, not, the Nazi paraphernalia and things of that nature and, and the memories of that, like, what do they think about it? In the same way, I would argue, like, what do the Jews feel about having a statue of David or a statue of Abraham? Like, I've visited, you know, a, a few temples and and I have not seen any of those. Like, I haven't seen them put them up, and that doesn't mean they don't exist. <laughs> you know, I'm, my scope of, of the world is very limited, <laughs> you know. Um, but that's a good place to start, right? What, 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 are, what, are, what are those who, you know, have founded Judaism or who are part of Judaism uh, believe in, in relation to that? I think that that's, that's where, where the answer lies. And it doesn't mean that every person in every group is going to agree 100%, right? You know, we have, certainly we have quite a few black people. You'll see them posing with Confederate flags where the majority of us are like, no, (laughs) right? But there's always that pocket, right? That pocket of resistance. Mm -hmm. Uh, But overall, what does the majority think and feel in relation to the culture? You know, I think that's a good place. You're right. Context matters too. Well, and I just said, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just agreeing. Yeah. Well, I'd suggest that, uh, um, Starting with famous people is not always the best place to to go to find your... If you have a famous black person, be like, no, life isn't hard. It's like, you're famous, you know? Like, it's right. probably not going to be as hard for you as it was for others. Uh, when I saw a worship leader who's famous, like, post this, God wants all your dreams come true. I was like, 
all of your dreams have come true. Like, <laughs> of course you would say that, but from another <laughs> theological perspective of 99% of the rest of the world who don't have all their dreams come true, you know, 99% of all black yeah. people who are like, uh, haven't experienced the nice fame that you're talking about where everything goes well. Uh, I would pay attention to a more of a majority than a minority and typically. Right. Though in this case, you're listening to the minority majority. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I think another... Now we're all confused. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Minority majority, Kanori. Yeah, I just made that up, Kanori. I don't know. know what that is, yeah. but I'm gonna it's Google a new word it today. Two N's. I would have spelled it with an Did you mean R-I-E. That's how I would spell it. C-A-N-O-R-E, Kanori. Oh. That's how I would spell like it. Like that? No, I-E. A canore. That's the way that you're spelled. No. Yeah, like that one. Canore, yeah. What is that? It's, it's a name. It's a name. It's a name! And something that has to do with Ragnarok. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Thanks, Hulk. <laughs> it's a Hulk canore. <laughs> yeah, we've gotten way off track now. That's great. Way off track, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, is there anything else anybody There's wants no to... There's back from that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've already talked quite a bit, uh, and there's been a lot of useful information. Thank you very much. Um, and may I just say, like, having friendships and churches across diverse lines creates a lot of space for better conversations than just, like, yelling at each other about things and, Absolutely. and whatnot. So I'm just happy that we could bring you in and just, you know, not have us tell everybody how you should feel or think, but... Have someone who understands it, and like you, you know, you work with uh, organizations here in Jackson that are fighting that. What can people do in Jackson to further get involved? Yeah, there's a couple of things. Uh, you can meet with activists in your area. Look up activists in well, in your area. We're talking about Jackson, so our area. Look up activists in this area. <laughs> uh, they do exist, and they are open for conversation. Get involved politically, what that looks like. Do your research. Do your homework on candidates. Know what they believe. Know how how voting will influence locally. Because we always talk about the presidential campaigns, right? But we forget that it's those local decisions and those people locally who are going to impact you the most in your everyday life. So those are great ways to, to get involved there. We have a local chapter of the NAACP. There's plenty of information available there as well. So those are all some, some great learning places, but just don't be afraid to have those conversations. It's going to be uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. It will be uncomfortable. And if it's not uncomfortable, then you're probably not having the right conversations to begin with. That's a good word. So go be uncomfortable and we'll see you to make you more uncomfortable next time. I'm Jamin. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Jackson Cloud. And be sure to like, comment, subscribe in the section below. And check us out on our Discord. We can talk about anything we talked about today. Like elves! I'm Maisha. Bye. That's gonna be... <laughs>
I have a but I don't get it. Like I struggle with that. I struggle with that. So I don't know if that needs to be clarified or not. But no, I think we're good. Okay. When you pass away, we'll have a statue made saying, "I'm against statues." <laughs> <laughs> Maisha Cunningham <laughs> slash Sarah you know slash Uni right? slash Uni. We'll make sure that your tombstone does not come out of the ground, but just sits in it. That just way it cannot it. be considered a statue. Yay! And I'll die right behind you with a giant angel statue <laughs> overlooking yours specifically. As long as it's a weeping angel, so everybody from oh Doctor Who gosh. can be terrified. And angel. now we're back to only 5% of people understanding what we're talking about. <laughs> Which brings us full circle! 15! Catch you later! Show. <laughs>